Kapow. What's today? Kapow. Today's date is July 30th, 2018, and it's on Monday. It's a Monday, and we'll continue in the very last chapter of First Shon. We sincerely hope that you have enjoyed this Bible study because I know I have. Yeah, learned a lot, really. You know, I mean, because I always go back to what we first started with. There's a difference between immortality and eternal life. Mm-hmm. And it was huge because everything points to Messiah. It's all about Messiah. Jesus Christ is Messiah. That's what it's all about. And John took us on a, a whole journey about loving the brethren. He talked, uh, he's very black and white about, uh, you know, getting away from the world, mm-hmm. rejecting sin. He talked a lot about staying uh, in the vine, abiding in, in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. So he, we're going to end this chapter, chapter five. <clears throat> it's long. I believe there's 21 verses. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to hit it pretty, pretty hard and pretty fast. Get your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, your Bible, some note and pencil, and let's get going. Right on. Okay, Miss Kapow, would you just read the whole thing so we can get a feel of the whole entire chapter? Sure. Cool. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God come, overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, He shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. I just love that ending. You know, just that's how he just ends it. Mm Mm-hmm. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. It almost sounds like, what? Where'd that come from? You know, but it's in context of his entire letter. Sure it is. Staying with the Messiah, you know, Because if you're loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, you don't have any other gods before him. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we know, idols are just made of wood and stone, you know, 
man-made little statues, bow down and worship idols. Idols are anything, anything in a person's life that takes away from their relationship with the father, the walk, um, and leads them astray in the error, mm-hmm. matter of fact. It's anything. It could be anything. Idolatry could be anything. So I love that. So let's just, we'll start from the beginning and just kind of see where we're at. There's some stuff in here that's kind of confusing and stuff. Um, we'll see if we can make sense out of it. Okay. Um, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Mm-hmm. So who, whoever, you and I, if we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, yep. then we are born of God. See, and we're whoever, re- I'm sorry, Good. whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ is a liar and an antichrist. Wow. Black and white. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of gray there. There's not a whole lot of options, right? You either believe or you don't. So you're born of God. You're reborn. That's what Jesus was talking about. It's a rebirth, a reborn. And everyone that loves him, that begat, right? That begat, God begat Christ, the Messiah, loveth him also that is begotten of him. In other words, you love your brethren. If you have people in your life that are also of your family, they're begotten of God, reborn, you love them also, mm-hmm. okay? That's that's what it means in its simplest terms. So John then, as his usual style is, he then he'll say something and then he'll kind of try to clarify it. Mm-hmm. And here he does in verse two, by this, what we just said, we know that we love the children of God. Those are our brethren. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, if you've missed this series, I, I forget which part it was, maybe the second one, where we, we break down who are your brethren? You know, who, who really are your brethren that mm-hmm. these things apply to? So you know that we love the children of God when we love God. That's right. And well, it goes back to like the first... First John 2, where it says, But whoever keeps this word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. And by this, we may know that we are in him. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 really, it's, it's really kind of a, a, a concept that you got to get your head around. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know that you love the children of God. You know, you know you love your brethren or people that are begotten of God when you love God and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even Jesus, you know, when he was questioned, you know, what's the greatest commandment? You still love, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, spirit, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, which is, mm-hmm. which is like it. Second, which is like it to go hand in hand. So, you know, our love to our, our brethren is the sign and test of our love to God. Mm-hmm. So that's what John's saying. And our love to God is tested by our keeping his commandments. So it's it's really the ground and the only true basis of love to our brother. The the problem is is you're not going to really love anybody unless you are in God. That's right. Because it's just not human nature to love, uh, you know, uh, anybody else like that. I mean, you might love your grandma and your mother or whatever, but you know, it's just kind of godly love. It's a supernatural love. It is. It is. Verse three: For this is the love of God. So there, now he's going to clarify what the love of God is. Mm-hmm. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. And his commandments are not grievous. Even Jesus said that in uh, John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah. This is the love of God. If you have love for God, you're going to keep those commandments. And uh, let's see. So just so we understand what commandments are. In the Greek, um, it means injunction, an authoritative prescription, a commandment, a precept. So it's translated commandment 69 out of the 71 times and precept twice. Mm-hmm. So it's an order, it's a command, it's a charge, an injunction. Well, you get it. Mm-hmm. You get it. 
Um, so keep his commandments. Don't have any other gods before me. Right? That's right. That's the love of God that you keep those commandments. Now, he says the commandments aren't grievous. They're not heavy. You know, they're not weighty. It's not something you can do. You know, you see these guys, um, you know, on certain days, religious holidays, you know, they're they, um, flogging themselves and hanging themselves on trees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Putting, hole, <laughs> putting holes in their bodies. That's grievous. Or walking, you know, a mile on their knees. Yeah. You know, doing weird stuff like that. Well, that's that's not, his commandments aren't like that. His commandments are not grievous. Mm-mm. And uh, in John 5, 3, where we're at, it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Um, that's, you know, what I just said. But the reason why his commandments are not grievous is there's there is this like, there's no conflict in, in keeping them if you are regenerated. Mm-hmm. You'll have victory over every opposing influence, right? At the same time, there's like this present joy mm-hmm. um, in keeping them. And that's what makes them not grievous. It's like you understand like, yeah, that's that benefits me a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. His, his, uh, his yoke is light. Yeah. Yeah, his burden is light. Yoke is light. Mm -hmm. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Mm -hmm. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Quite a bit there. Mm -hmm. So whosoever, you and I, you, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. You have victory. You have victory, not KO, Nike, Mm -hmm. right? Victory, you can conquer that satanic world cosmos, that satanic system of the world. You're going to overcome it. And it gives you victory. That victory that you overcome the world is your faith. Mm-hmm. Your faith. Yep, the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? And even Jesus says um, that in the world you have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. And you believe that and you believe in the Messiah and you believe in what he's done and you believe in what he's going to do and what awaits us Mm -hmm. and you overcome because greater is he in you than he that is in the world. You you partake in his victory over the world and you know you have a dwelling, you know, Mm -hmm. that one's greater than anybody else in the world, right? That's right. So, yeah, in John 4, 4, we read that last week, you know. Um, yes, we are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. John 4, 4. Mm-hmm. And that's through our faith. So in verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world? Who is he? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That's right. Because whosoever or whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you're going to, to, to overcome the world. It's through that's Christ. That's the only way, yeah. Mm-hmm. The victory which overcomes the world is faith. For it is by believing Right, mm-hmm. that we are made one with Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, so that we partake of His victory over the world, and then we have dwelling in us one greater than He who is in the world. That's what that's all about. That's right. Yeah, faith. And th- you have anything on that? Mm-mm. Okay, and then uh, verse six. This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. So then in the next verse, also he'll talk about um, the, you know, the, the spirit, the water, the blood, you know, the spirit who's bearing witness in heaven, who's bearing witness on earth. Uh, and this, I think I remember reading this a long time ago and going, what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this is he, you're talking about the Messiah that came by water 
and blood, even Jesus Christ. So he's definitely talking about our Messiah that came by uh, water, the element of water or in water and the element in blood. And not by just the water only, but by water and blood, see? And then it's the spirit that bears witness. So many uh, the scholars, commentaries and stuff believe this. And, and I, I tend to agree with this because I don't know what other meaning there would be behind this. That he came by water and blood. Uh, by water, when his ministry was inaugurated by the baptism in the Jordan. Mm-hmm. He received the father's testimony to his messiahship, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is my beloved son, mm-hmm. whom I'm well pleased. <clears throat> the dove descended. So he got his divine sonship by water. But the baptism, water baptism was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as it, it symbolized the washing away and the uh, the burial of the old and the rising of the new. That's right. It's so, like a death. Yeah, yeah, very much. It was like a uh, symbolic, mm-hmm. you know, symbolism of of dying, um, and it still is. When you get baptized in water, that's that's what you're symbolizing, mm-hmm. is that um, you're dying of self and raising up in Christ. Yeah, right. And he is the firstborn son of God. Yes, Amen. So you see that that he's come in water by the element of water. So you believe that he's the son of God. You know, the spirit remained on him. And we can see that in um, the gospel of John, John 1, 33 and 34, you know, uh, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same mm-hmm. said unto me, um, whom, whom uh, thou see the spirit descending and remaining on him, you know, being the same, and, you know, the, mm-hmm. so the, 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 in the book of the gospel of John, it's written what John the Baptist had, had seen That's and that right. spirit remaining on him as a dove. So he bears record of that, that Christ was the son of God. So in the water, right? And uh, there are there, uh, there's three that bear witness on the earth, right? The mm-hmm. spirit, the water, and the blood. See, here in verse six, he mentions all three. And the blood, right? So you got the you got the water, the corresponding to baptism water, and the spirit which comes down, right, bears witness to it. And then you got the blood that he came by or came in the blood in the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave his very life. Yeah, because the life is in the blood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you, Hebrews nine twelve reads, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So through the cross, so you have the water and the baptism, you have the, the witness of the spirit, and then you have the blood, mm-hmm. those elements. So with his own blood, he entered once at that holy place. So it's a fact that was seen and witnessed by John. And their past facts, the water and the, the, the blood, the past facts of the Lord's life are this abiding testimony to us, right? That's right. And then he leaves that spirit. He leaves the Holy Spirit with us. So it's the cleansing and the atoning power of Messiah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yep. Make a sense? That's right. And we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus says, I will not leave you without, uh, I will not leave you as orphans. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in John 16, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are come and he will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. So we have the Holy Spirit. And like um, brother Paul said, greater is he that lives in you than he is in the world. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is an additional witness. So you have these, you know, um, in the in the ancient times there, in the ancient Jewish times there, you a thing was established by two or three or more, or more witnesses. That, you know, you couldn't just take somebody to court and um, accuse them of something. You needed to have two or more witnesses mm-hmm. to do that. So every a, a fact was established 
by two or three or more, you know, witnesses that say, yeah, we witnessed this transaction or we witnessed this deed or that type of thing. So that's where that comes from. So you have here three, you have two or more witnesses here to the, attesting to the Messiahship, the sonship of Jesus Christ. And you have the water and you have uh, you know, the spirit descending as, as, a, as a dove. And then you have the, the blood. And so that Holy Spirit is like an additional witness. So it, it's besides the water and the blood. And it witness, it wit, Holy Spirit witnesses uh, the sonship and messiahship of, of our Lord. Mm-hmm. So it attested these truths at the baptism by descending on him. It attested it throughout his ministry by enabling him to speak and do what no one has ever done or spoken before. And the spirit bears witness of Christ. Now, like like you said, Miss Capel, that that's what he's left for us, for his called out ones. Mm-hmm. Right. So both in the uh, scriptures and in the in our hearts, it's that uh, spiritual reception of the baptism and the Lord's Supper, really. Um, you know, as ordinances that that are part of that witness. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. Mm-hmm. Because the Spirit is truth. That's right. It's essential truth. It gives his witness, which is infallible authority. Correct? That's right. Yeah. So that's what, that's what, that, there's a lot there in that one little verse, man. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff there. But he's saying these are the witnesses. By two or three more witness, a thing is established. This is what witnesses here on earth. Verse seven. I'll read seven and eight because they kind of go together. Okay. Perfect. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three are agree in one. Yeah, you see that? So <clears throat> three in heaven that bear record by two or three or more. And that's the heavenly father, the word, which is logos, the intelligence, the mental reasoning, not just the, the spoken word like rima. It's the actual intelligence of God, the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, right? Nothing was created that was Mm -hmm. created without him. That's Jesus. That's our Messiah. That's what's buried record in heaven. The father, the word, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And they're one. These three are one. Shema, Israel, God is one. Yeah, and in verse eight, the three that bear witness here on earth is the Holy Spirit, the water, the bat, and the blood. And they... They agree as one. Mm-hmm. They all agree. So Jesus is attested as a Messiah, both in heaven and in earth. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just here. It's not just a, a man religion. Like um, the Mormons attest um, Joseph Smith, you know, whatever it was their leader, their seer mm-hmm. here on earth. But he's not attested in heaven. And the, the Muslims, they attest uh, Muhammad as their prophet here on earth. But he's not attested in heaven. See, there's only one attested in heaven. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting with these two verses, you have the witnesses that are in heaven and the witnesses here on earth. And if you look, the one in heaven is the Father. The one in the Spirit is on earth. And we say that um, God the Father is actually a spirit. Right, mm-hmm. and then you, in the heavens you have the word of God, and on earth you have the water. Well, the word of God actually cleanses us, like the water. It's symbolic of the water. Yeah, and then the Holy Ghost and the blood actually re- gives us life. When you know, when we get the Holy Ghost, He, yeah. he quickens us. Mm-hmm. Well, so the and the blood of Jesus is what gives us life in Christ. Wow. So they kind of go hand in hand together. Yeah, I can see that correlation. That was mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good tie in of that. Mm-hmm. It really is. Very good. So if we receive the witness of men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Islam receives the witness of men. Muhammad was Allah's prophet, right? Mm-hmm. The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. And that is verse 10. 
He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Mm-hmm. So that witness that's on earth and the witness in heaven is now in you when you believe, when you have faith, when you faith, you're a faither on the Son of God. And he that faith not God, who believeth not God, hath made him a liar. Because mm-hmm. he believes not the record that God gave of his son. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. Even the, the teaching is even in Romans 8, 16, where it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Mm. Wow. You don't hear that last part preached a whole lot Mm-mm. that we suffer with him that we also be glorified uh, you don't see that Mm-mm. you're not going to get that in prosperity camp no um so yeah so the witness is in you and if you don't believe that if you don't have faith well you don't believe the record of god because god's record is both on earth and in heaven those three bear witness to that and then john says and this is the record that god hath given to us What is that? We're back to square one now when we first started the study. Eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's the record. Eternal life. That's your testimony or your witness, your report. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. This is the report. This is your testimony. This is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Yep. And it goes back to John 1. Where it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah. He is in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the mm. life was the light of men. Of men. Yep, it certainly does. Uh, also, while you're in John 11.25, says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. He that faiths in me or believeth in me, though he were dead, he shall live. Also in 14.6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, so, yeah, goes on and on. Uh, Paul writes a few things, too. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little afraid to read those, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I... I well, you know, there's so much in the up. book of John and in his other epistles that yeah. you really don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah, you could just stay here. You're, you're right. It's pretty clean. So he that hath the Son, that's you, right, hath life. Simple as that. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Mm. These things have I written unto you that believe, that faith on the name of the Son of God. Mm that you might know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I know it sounds kind of weird at the end because you already believe on the name of the Son of God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end he says, you know, and believe on the Son of God. But it's like because... Because you believe in the Son of God. Let me let me try to explain this. Some of the oldest manuscripts and versions read, these things have I written unto you. Right? They it omits that believe on the name of the Son of God. It omits that. Some of these uh, the oldest some of the, some of the oldest manuscripts say that. That you may know that you have eternal life. Those of you, he means who he means um who believe right? Mm -hmm. That have faith. Not that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the English version in in the latter clause will mean that ye may continue to believe, you know, etc. 
Uh, he even says the same thing in the in the next verse, basically. All right, so it, it gets a little confusing in that translation if you really break it down. Mm-hmm. You already have life. That's right. John one twelve says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right or the authority to become children of God, who were who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It was the will of God that we believe on his son. Amen. Perfect. Okay, we're going to start verse 14. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. And we are back. So we'll continue in verse 14, uh, which states, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, Mm -hmm. right? That's That's his purpose, his decree, his inclination. He heareth us. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good because the confidence is the boldness, right? That's right. You got this boldness. You got a boldness in prayer and it results from knowing that we have eternal life. Mm -hmm. We just read that in John 5, 13, right? That you have eternal life that you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First um, John three nineteen, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have confidence in your prayers that if you ask anything according to his will, so let's not forget the according to his will part. Mm-hmm. Right, you can't just ask for a uh, well, like Jesse Duplantis needs a new, uh, you know, multi-million dollar jet. See, mm-hmm. so I don't think that's according to God's will. And if you do that, He'll hear you. You're confident of the petitions. Anything? Yep. Anything? In First uh, John, it goes back in this epistle. It goes back to the third chapter where it says, "Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us." We have confidence before God and what, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Cause that commandment is that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ and love one another just as he has commanded us. Yeah. First John three twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him, right? The petition, Mm -hmm. the requests, the things that require. So it's all about you have that confidence because you know you have eternal life. That's right. Verse 16, if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death. Thanatos in Greek, death or deadly. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is done unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. And then he says, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he pray for it. So a lot of people would read that and go, what the heck does that mean? Well, it means exactly that. You know, the sin which is a trespass, right? It's missing the mark. You know, it's a sin. It's a negative thing. But it's a sin that's not unto death. In other words, it would it would it require a death penalty in the Old Testament? You know, would it would it is it something that totally separates you from God? Or or did you stumble, miss the mark on that? In Second Corinthians uh, Chronicles actually 36 it says, "But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy. And you know, that's kind of like what Galatians also says, do not be deceived for God is not mocked. Mm-hmm. For whatsoever, whatsoever a man soweth, 
that shall he also reap. So by mocking and rejecting uh, the the gospel truth and blasphemy and blasphemy, it's a sin unto death. Even mm-hmm. even Christ says you can you can call me a bunch of names, but you know if you reject and revile the Holy Spirit, that's it's an unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. You know, so John says I'm not telling you to pray for them because they they've done a sin unto death. But those who just missed the mark, pray, give them life. Mm-hmm. Pray that you know the, the that they uh, you know they repent yeah. and then see see that see that error right as a sin it's an act of sinning continuing to sin you know um so he shall give you know the asker shall be the means by his intercessory prayer of God giving life to the sinning brother mm-hmm. so it's um you know. A kindly reproof or a reminder or a, a, a teaching, you know, that, uh, hey, that's missing the mark there. That's a sin. That's not biblical, that God doesn't want you to live that way or do these things or think this way or whatever. It, it accompanies prayer, intercession, you know, that God will restore that life. That's right. Uh, because life was in the process of being forfeited by the sinning brother, say. And then the intercession prayer you pray and you pray for restoration, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that it's not um, unto death. All right? Mm-hmm. And let's see, can we find some more examples of that? Just to make it clear. So assume authority, which would be implied. Um, what about Hebrews 6, where it says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened... We have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted that the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away mm. to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Wow. Yeah. Uh, here's an Old Testament scripture in First Samuel. It's when uh, Saul died. Mm. And uh, Samuel was Samuel the prophet was crying over him, and the Lord said unto Samuel, "How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Mm. Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided a kingdom." So, in other words, quit mourning, quit praying for the guy. I, I rejected him. He's um, he's, he's no more. Yeah. yeah. Hebrews 10, 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Amen. It's kind of important, I think, to, to distinguish, you know, the, the sin, the missing the mark from that sin unto death. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, in Mark three twenty nine, this is what we were talking about earlier, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Pretty heavy stuff, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, it is the Spirit of God that draws us to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the very lifeline to God. So if we reject that, we're... Um, we're doomed. We're mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. And John tells us, I do not say that you pray for that if someone's sinning unto death and that kind of rejection. Uh, that kind of blows out of the water, you know, just loving everybody. Just love everybody. You know, love the Baphomet people and, you know, mm-hmm. the atheists, the mockers of God and, you know, the deniers and um, total rejection, you know, committing sin unto death. Uh, verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin. Well, there you go. And there is a sin not unto death. Mm-hmm. All unrighteousness is sin. And, you know, people got these questions. Well, what is sin? And is this okay to do this? And It's lawlessness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's something that's wrongfulness of character, life, iniquity wrong you know injustice unrighteousness of heart and life violating law like like you said Ms. Capel, lawlessness mm-hmm. um, you know, earlier 
um, that John in uh, chapter 3 said, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practice lawlessness, because sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. And no one who abides in him keeps sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Mm -hmm. And then it says, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. And whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And you got, you got that word there, practice. It's a continuation of the behavior, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of any reproof or teaching or anything like that. Every uh, unrighteousness, even that of believers, mm-hmm. is coming short of the glory of God. It's sin. But not every sin is unto death, right? So you got to know yeah. the difference. And only no, only God knows Oh yeah. that yeah. is because oh, yeah. God is very long suffering. Yeah. And um you know, but there there but that's why we caution the Bible cautions about hardening your heart. Mhm. You know, that is uh you don't want to keep doing that. No. And keep rejecting the truth, keep rejecting the truth and you know, you end up being a, you know, well, then you can't hear him anymore. Yeah, you can't hear anymore. You're, you're and you're just doing your own thing even if you still think you're saved, you know. Or, you know, religious, I should say. Verse 18, we know that whosoever is born of God sins not. Sins not. A lot of people have a hard time. How can I not sin? Well, John keeps talking about that habitual or that practicing sin. In your life, you're just not practicing it no more. You're not interested in that. But he that is begotten of God, right? You're born of God. You're you're reborn. Mm -hmm. Keeps himself. And guess what? That wicked one, Satan, that, that, that evil thing, can't touch you. Can't touch you not because you keep yourself. You understand righteousness and unrighteousness. Okay? Mm-hmm. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that whoever is born of God... Um, it's like repeated three times, right? Mm-hmm. To enforce the three truths. You know, um, it's, it's, let's see, in 1 John five eighteen, we know that whoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten, you know, of God keepeth himself and that, that wicked one toucheth him not. This warns against uh, abusing what we would say, First John five sixteen and seventeen. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, we shall ask, and he shall give him life. Right? For them that sin is uh, not unto death. There's a sin unto death. I do not say you pray for that. You don't abuse that. Um, I, I don't know if, if I'm saying this correctly. It's just that you know that you're born of God, you're reborn, and you don't continue practicing sin. You know, but you don't abuse that. Well, if I if I just like keep missing the marks, like someone's gonna pray for me and blah blah blah. Right? You don't practice it. If you if you're reborn and you're begotten of God, you're now a child of God, you keep yourself. And if you keep yourself, you don't give Satan place. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Yeah. To me. I had a hard time getting that out, but I think that makes sense. Yeah. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Mm-hmm. It's The whole world is outstretched. It's laid up. It lies. It's appointed in wickedness. Poneros. Evil. Right? Mm-hmm. We know this, that we are born of God. But the rest of the world is stretched out in wickedness or it lieth in the wicked one. It's of Satan. The world lies in the power of and abides in the wicked one. Mm -hmm. And even in Ephesians, it says, we're in time past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Mm. Just like we abide in Christ and we're one in Christ and abide in Christ, the world abides in Satan. There's, there's not a gray area here with John. There's not those just those good people that pay their taxes and don't murder others. It's, it's black or white. Mm-hmm. In John 3, 19, it says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Mm. It, also, it, all, it just all fits in together, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? The world is the resting place. Satan is that resting place. He's the Lord of his slaves. That's what this is, a prison planet. It's his slaves. They, um, you know, they abide unto death, right? In 1 John 3, 14, we read a few weeks ago, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. What is that? Abideth in death is you're in the world, right? But we are in Christ and Christ is true. Amen. Amen. That sounds pretty good. Verse 20, and we know. See, this is the third time he's saying we know. I mean, he's emphatic. You know, whenever you see something repeated in the Bible like twice, you better pay attention. When you see it three times, you really pay attention. Mm-hmm. First, he says in 18, we know that whoever's born of God sitteth not. Then he says, and we know that we are of God and the whole life. Then he says, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ, our Messiah. This is the true God and eternal life right there. Jesus Christ, the Messiah is the true God. He's eternal life. He is eternal life. Doesn't just give you eternal life. It's not just about immortality. It's about eternal life. He is eternal life. He's life eternal. That's right. And in John 17, 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that you may know that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Knowing Amen. God is life eternal. And see, it, it, see, we've done a big circle, right? We've come back to the very first part of this teaching in First John. Eternal life. Christ is eternal life. He used a lot of words. To, to say that again and again, right? Uh, false gods and idols um, are not eternal. They can give you eternal life. They are not eternal life. But Jesus, our Messiah, by the one by by His oneness with God, is also is the one that's true, right? And, and let's see in Revelation, the book of Revelation three seven says, "And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things: saith He that is holy." He that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he's given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So because he's true and we're in him, we have that truth in us. We've been delivered out of the power of Satan. The world lies out there, helpless, you know, and Satan. But we're, we're out of that because we have a union with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the privileges. We have an understanding from that. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 21, he ends this epistle. He ends this letter with little children. Once again, it's, Technion, it's the little darlings, little converts, my little child, you know, my little one, right? Mm-hmm. Keep yourselves from idols, idols, right? Mm-hmm. That's how he ends that. That's right. Even Paul in his teachings in Corinthians 10 says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idols idolatry and then earlier he tells them to not be idolaters as some of them were as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play 
Yeah. It's all around us. Idolatry is all around us. Idolatry is just anything that is not of God. Anything that doesn't put uh, the Father first, Yahweh first, you know, um, Jesus, God made flesh. You don't put that first in your life or anything. Is idolatry. Everything. If you're not abiding in Christ, it's idolatrous. You become part of the world. And that world lies. It lies together with the wicked one. Right? So, there is literal idolatry. There's spiritual idolatry. And uh, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Amen. And that concludes 1 John. How about that, Ms. Capel? I like it. That took several weeks, but we went through it. But it's a great book. It is a great book, and it's it's still the Word of God. Mm -hmm. As it stands, it's still the Word of God. And um, like I said before, and I've reiterated over and over again, the Apostle John has a lot of credibility because he actually walked and talked and ate and sat under and learned from our Messiah when he walked on earth and flesh. So mm-hmm. he's got a whole lot of credibility here. So if you can get through his writing and understand what he's trying to say, there's a lot there. That's right. You know, there's, there's a lot of good doctrine. These are the doctrines that we've received from the beginning that we need to hold fast to. That's right. Right. It's, it's, it's really black and white. You know, you got to abide in Christ and uh, don't be in the world which lies, uh, which is stretched out with the wicked, the wicked one. Mm. Stay away from idols. That's right. And praise the Lord that we have been redeemed. Amen. By the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Amen. So anything else, Ms. Capel? Nope. Okay. Well, let's say good night. Ciao, babies. <laughs>